0: Welcome to another episode of the Recovery Edge podcast. I'm your host, Alfredo, here with my co-host and wife, Kayla. And today on this episode, we just wanted to talk about our recovery this week and the topic of uh, unity or fellowship around this time of year. It seems uh, pretty helpful for me to listen about it and and participate in meetings about it and talk, just talk to people about it. Um, We did a a meeting yesterday and we talked about the fellowship and how beneficial it was to us, especially in our early sobriety. You especially had some good insight on that, uh, what that was like for you to reach out for I don't know, almost like a family-like relationship with just people in the rooms because we come in here and we are pretty down on our luck and we've burned a lot of bridges. And when I got here, I just felt like, God, everybody hates me, (laughs) you know, Um, and it was really unusual for, I felt it was weird that people were so loving and open armed, like, keep coming back, you know, like me? you know, um, so that fellowship and unity feeling was something that um, really helped keep me in, even though I wasn't a one and done guy, like I struggled for a couple of years, but that same attitude that everybody had towards me is what made me understand that I can, I can make it back, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try again and make it back. It was inviting, like it was always inviting. Anyways, it's around the holidays and you know, some people really get down about um, fellowship and a lack of relationships and everything around this time. So, I don't know, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think like I just wanted to talk about this today um, you know, for a number of reasons going on during the holidays. Like, so, for instance, one, there is lots of partying and lots of drinks going on during the holidays. And so when I got sober, I just, I didn't know what to do for the holidays. I was like, what, what do people do if they don't get drunk with their family members or with, you know, their friends or whatnot? So I think, like, learning to enjoy the holidays sober. Um, so for me, I couldn't do that without the other women, without that fellowship. Um, and then also, you know, when we come into the rooms, um, after we've destroyed our lives and everything, I don't know of any other uh, place that you can just destroy your life and then people clap and cheer when you come into the room and admit these things, you know? Most people are not too happy um, when they hear about that. So I think that uh, the holidays can be very stressful and that could be a trigger for people. Families can be a trigger you know, like, um, I mean, you have a big, wonderful family, not, I, I don't have any relationship with my biological family. So not everybody has that uh, family place or that place that, you know, we go to grandma's house for Christmas Eve, or we're going to go to mm-hmm. our aunt's house for Christmas dinner. Not everybody has that. And mm-hmm. some people do have those families, but maybe they're drinking, um, you know, created rifts and destroyed relationships. So maybe they don't have a place to go there. Um, And yeah, I just, I just think uh, the fellowship, well, let me start by saying this. When I first got sober, I had no relationship with my biological family. And then the, um, the guy I was dating at the time, the ex and I, you know, broke up and my family was his family for a long time so i i felt very alone in my addiction but then also very alone in my physical world with people around me and um, you know his family was great and took me in for the holidays um, but i didn't truly feel like i belonged there and i think that um, for many of us but at least this alcoholic part of drinking made me feel part of and so if I was drinking with his family or if I was drinking with these people from work or whatever I felt a part of Um, and without that I felt very lonely and separated and different and um, like I didn't have a purpose in the world or a place I belonged and so when I came into the rooms um and actually Monday is my sober birthday. I will have four years, so this is uh, very timely for me reflecting back on what happened four years ago and, um, you know, how I made it through those first holidays, Uh, but I went to a lot of meetings, and so different meetings had like potlucks or Christmas parties or New Year's Eve parties, Um, and then, you know, I just kept meeting the same people and Obviously, I'm not shy, so I made friends quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, one really meaningful um, moment to me that made a huge impact and that was so minor was that um, somebody in the rooms gave me a Christmas card. And I remember them giving me that Christmas card, and I just, like, poor crying because I saw them give cards to like all these other people in the room and I was kind of in the corner so at first I didn't think I was going to get one because I didn't know them that well and she came over and gave me one too and it was intentional my name was on it, it wasn't just a blank card that she <laughs> was like maybe I'll give some random stranger this um, but yeah, that was such a simple small thing that she gave me I still have the card today. I still tell this story that all of a sudden that signified, like, I belong here. And, like, um, these are my people.
0: I do remember for me about, you know, how I felt coming into AA during the holidays. Um, I don't think I got a Christmas card like you. (laughs) But early on, uh, it was so important for me to have, just another venue, or just some other people to hang out with around the holidays. Um, you know what you had said is how you we you kind of compared our families. Like, oh sure. Like uh, I have a big family and we're all kind of close, but much of my family drinks heavily. You mm-hmm. know we're heavy drinkers, and so I didn't know what my holidays were going to look like, and I went to AA during the holidays and, um, I at least found some relief there. Um, cause I was going to AA around this time. Like, I remember, like, I need to go somewhere so I don't drink tonight. Having that feeling like really heavy on me, like thinking, how am I going to get through this Christmas Eve party and not drink? You know, that first time that I before I really got any substantial time and I was really struggling, I I remember fighting with myself how I didn't want to drink that night, and I'm going to go to this Christmas Eve party with uh, my family who are heavy drinkers, and I was like, I'm not going to drink, but just in case, I'm going to go get me something at the store, you know, and I had it like under my pillow, like just in case, you know, Um, and... That's just how desperate and scared I was to go a night without drinking. Like, what if it really overcomes me, that obsession, and I'm left without my fix? You know, that was very real for me. And the fellowship in AA at first, you know, just having a place that was open, like on New Year's Eve, it was so cool, or Thanksgiving, when they had, like, just potluck. Thanksgiving for whoever didn't you know they would have like meet what do they call like meeting a thons or something it was Mm -hmm. either way it was like 24 hours there was a meeting going on and and um, they had all these cool things Um, I think these days I I mean I don't know if I take it for granted or I just don't because I don't go to those things And I I should. I I shouldn't be such a like, oh, I got this. I'm at home. I got my life straightened or whatever, because it's without the winners that were there when I went, I wouldn't be here today. And it's important. Like I said in a meeting, maybe it was yesterday when I don't give back, I feel like I'm losing what I have, you know, how you have to give away what you have to keep it. And the holidays is probably one of the best times to do that, just to be out there, I think. Um, because I'm remembering when I first got sober, or was even just struggling, how important it was for AA to be open, to be around. And um, it was it was so cool that, you know, some of my best AA memories are just back then, struggling, and the holidays, and... Um, Having people I could count on, it was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, we went to the well, Longmont has the gratitude dinner, yeah. and that always seems to kind of kick off the holidays. And they always give um, a big book to the person who has the least amount of sobriety there. And I've been to a few of those, and I never got the book myself. You know, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I, you know, I know people that got it and some of them are still struggling in and out. And especially around Mm -hmm. the holidays, it seems to really um, affect them. Uh, And I I'm just only speaking from like messages. I get texts and phone calls from guys that are um, that that really struggle around this time. And, you know, one of the things that I tell them is like, man, get to a meeting because around this time they're doing so much. You know, there's so much room for jumping in the deep end and just being a part of something um, around this time of the year. I don't know what it's like for girls, you know. Not that it's a girl guy thing, but I just remember hanging out with a bunch of dudes around this time. What's your experience?
1: I think Christmas, I just went to a bunch of meetings. Uh, the Triangle Club had, it was open. Um, more hours than it normally is so that anybody had a place to go so I would do that and I would go to this other um, a clubhouse over off of Sunset uh, Street Um, you know like having um, my sober anniversary December 11th Christmas it still was like a big fog like I didn't really know what I was doing when I saw um, family members like drinking and laughing, because right, like when you first get s- sober, nothing is funny. Like you don't know why people are laughing. You never think you're gonna laugh again. Like shit just got real. It's, it's not funny anymore. So I remember being like, I don't wanna be around people like who are drinking. Um, it was still a fog, and I just wanted to be in an AA meeting because it felt safe. Um, and then later I did go back home and all the cousins and the kids and everybody were there, are uh, like drinking and talking over each other and um, like laughing and, you know, kids are running around screaming. And it it was very overwhelming for me to first be sober and be around that. And, and furthermore, I remember being very jealous that I couldn't drink with them like, oh, mm-hmm. you you have always been looking for belonging to somewhere. I never felt like I belonged somewhere. And you are really not a part of, you know, at this point. Um, so I knew New Year's Eve that I didn't want to be at the house at all. So they had over in Boulder, Colorado, um, one of the clubs had like a all day potluck and dance and stuff that night. Um, so I went there and who knows who I talked to or hung out I just Mm -hmm. like hung out with people and you know I didn't know how to socialize so I just kind of like stood next to people and listened to their conversation (laughs) like (laughs) like I was still (laughs) just like coming out of the fog um but you know I like ate some food and I remember somebody asking me to dance and I was like I don't think people dance sober I just didn't think that was possible. Um, So I had danced for like half a song. I felt so awkward and was like, okay, um, I gotta go to the bathroom and just like left and went in the bathroom and hid for a little bit. Eventually I came out and socialized some more, but um, I do remember like, I had to leave there at like 1130. Um, because I wanted to be home before midnight because I thought everybody is going to be on the roads at midnight and I'm going to get hit by a drunk, a drunk driver and I'm going to die. Like I was very convinced that it felt very real. Like I knew it was going to happen and I was like, so I have to leave early. And all I thought was, this is the poetic justice for all the times you drank and drove. And, um, And I just sobbed the whole way home and I could barely drive like through my tears. Um, I did not have emotional sobriety, obviously. And I just like went home and like hit my knees that like, thank you, God, for like not punishing me by, you know, me dying by the same thing I did thousands of times, you know. Um, Yeah, so that was uh, that was the holidays.
0: Do you have a favorite moment or a favorite memory of the holidays in, in AA? Because you have some really good friends in AA and, and you guys do a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, there's always lots of um, activities that we do. I think, um, you know, like the Christmas card moment was always like one of my fondest memories. Um, but also having my uh sobriety date in December I know it sounds like selfish but like my anniversary dinners the, like when we all come together for my anniversary uh, or you know for being sober for however many years and then we go to a meeting some of those are just the best like everybody's in a great mood for the holidays and you know the um they're celebrating me <laughs> 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 but um yeah I think that probably those dinners, and we have, uh, we take lots of pictures in our friends group, so we have pictures throughout the years, and you know, on Facebook or whatever, or, or even Google Photos, it'll pop up, like, you have a memory on this day, and to see those pictures, and then think about, like, how, you know, what was going on at that time, and how far we've come, is a real treat, right, because, like, sobriety can be well, it can be like this. It is very long days in short years. It's, I can't believe that I've been sober for four years, but those days, you know, there's times, moment by moment, I was just praying to God to help me get through. And um, yeah, but very short years. What's your favorite?
0: I remember early on there was a New Year's Eve. It was a it was a function in Longmont um it was the Boulder County AA guys did it or something but it was like a dance and I went and I was like oh my gosh I am never gonna dance sober (laughs) I hardly did it back in the day and sober uh and and they had like a speaker and I was just sitting at a table with uh with the guy and um you know I, I can say his first name Michael you know and I remember he was just telling me, Alfredo, you know, the things that, you know, write down a list of, of what you want and I bet you that you're going to surpass them and whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm, whatever, dude, like I hadn't even gotten like a year. Who knows? This might have been in my first couple years of trying AA. And it was pretty it was just a special night because I remember what he had told me and how I just kind of thought. That would be magical, but that's never going to happen to me, you know. Um, and, you know, of course I was proven wrong. Life is just grand and wonderful beyond my wildest dreams. <laughs> and, of course
1: uh, it is. You're married to me.
0: That's right. And um, that was a New Year's Eve thing, and I've always like had just fond memories of AA coming together on, on special nights like that. Like I, I just think it's so cool that there was a place for not just people in AA, but people like me back then who just wanted to be somewhere not to drink. Like, God, just take me, give me something else to do, you know, other than sit home and stare at the wall or TV or whatever while all my friends and family are partying. Because that was, for some reason, it was a real struggle for me, like Mm -hmm. the fear of missing out or something, Um, even though it was killing me, you know, I needed something else to do. Boredom was my biggest enemy. It was always boredom. I was going to drink if I was bored. I didn't know what to do with myself. You know, I I just, you know, didn't take care of anything in my life and I just wanted to party all the time. And so when you took away the drink, I was like, what am I supposed to do now? Especially around the holidays. Like who gets sober around this time? That's so hard.
1: <laughs> it's so funny you say that because when I first came into the rooms, and it was December 11th, several people in the meetings were like, yeah, so why did you decide to try to get sober right before the holidays? Like, why didn't you ride them out? And I was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but they would just like, you know, they're, they're just playing with you. And I was yeah. like, um, I, I don't know. Should I go back? home?" <laughs> like,
0: you know, there are people who hit that January 1st, and they're like, that's it, you know, that's Or mine.
1: January 2nd, like you.
0: Mine was January 2nd, <laughs> but it never happened how I planned it. If you've ever heard my story, you've heard me say how I always kicked it down the road. Ever since I hit 30, I was going to quit drinking at 30. My birthday is in July, and I couldn't quit. And I'd say, well, I'm going to do it for New Year's instead. And then New Year's would roll around, and I would be like, Well, I'm going to do it for my next birthday. So I always had like six months, you know, to keep drinking until finally 39 and a half. (laughs) You know, I, uh, I, I finally quit and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't horrific. It just, it was just, it was just time. My body, my soul, my spirit, no more. I just finally gave up and. It just happened to be like after New Year's, you know, just one more crappy day. And I was just like, "Ugh, life sucks. I'm going to just go do what these old guys tell me to do. And (laughs) I don't care how nerdy I am or dorky I feel. Believe me, I was very delusional. I'm delusional now. But back then, I thought that I was cool. You know, and I was like, "Oh my God, what are my friends gonna do without me? You know, What is the bar gonna do without me? Everybody's gonna miss <laughs> me.
1: Oh, how are they gonna go on without me? No,
0: people I, I didn't have many friends, and um, for good reason, I you know I was just I was just a jerk. And I was so wrapped up in wondering what everybody was gonna think if I finally just got sober. Um, well, looking back now, you know, (laughs) I was like, oh, everybody's happy, you know, and most importantly, I'm happy. I'm not suicidal, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I don't wake up in the morning and feel like, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself today or something. So anyways, not to get too far off topic, but. Well, uh, no,
1: I'm glad you were saying like how during drinking you didn't have very many friends because, um. Most of my drinking, um, you know, when I, when I did work <laughs> before school was um, when I worked in the salon with my salon friends and uh, they, they were really more friend and drinking buddies uh-huh. than real friends. And, you know, if shit ever hit the fan, they were not there for me. And, um, you know, I've done some uh, enough step work to learn that that was a two-way street you know they I was not there for them I didn't know how to be a true friend I didn't uh, I didn't know how to show up for them and so in sobriety when I first got sober I also didn't have any friends and I didn't have drinking friends anymore and so I came into the rooms and um, you know I went when I first got sober I thought that uh, carbs and other women were the enemy, and
0: so did you say carbs?
1: Like carbohydrates.
0: Like from food?
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't want oh, to be okay. fat. <laughs> I'm vain, <laughs> and so I was scared to go to women's meetings, and but the women were like, "No, you really should." try this one out and it was a a large iconic meeting that happens every Saturday and I went and that is where I found my the tribe the inner my inner circle and um, you know like early sobriety I was just very desperate and went to everything and just showed up all the time like also I didn't work or go to school and it was a pandemic so I had time to do those things but um, as my sobriety moved on and I started going to school and I had a group of friends and, you know, I just started building a life for myself. I didn't go to as many events and I didn't do as many things. And I've noticed this with myself again, with us getting married, moving to the new house, like getting ready to do IVF. Like I don't go to things like I used to, like the unity dinner and or the gratitude dinner in Longmont. Like, I wouldn't have went to that if you didn't drag us there. I was like, oh, I got a laundry list of other things I'd rather do. And, um, you know, like, I'm selfish. When I'm struggling, I want friends and the meetings to be there to make me feel better. I do this with God, too. If I'm struggling, I want God to help me. When I'm not struggling and I'm doing well, I'm like, I got this, guys. I'm just doing my own thing. And um, I really learned from my, my tribe and being in the rooms that that's not how relationships work. It's a give and take. And so I have to show up to meetings, reach out to friends, talk to God, do all these things, even in good times and maybe especially in good times, right? Because if past people didn't show up at good times, I wouldn't have, like sobriety, wouldn't have looked appealing to me. Um, And so especially after this last, you know, uh, kind of bout of depression about not having biological kids and that happened during the move to our new house, I went down such a deep depression, and, and just isolated and stayed at home. And that's, that's a good amount of addictive behaviors for me. You know, I'm not reaching out. I'm not participating in life. I wanna sleep all day. I don't, um, I don't wanna like talk or deal with anybody. And that can feel, even even though I didn't drink or anything, Like, that can feel real scary, like, when you're in active addiction and you're isolating and, um, you know, that it was really – you were working all the time. You were working six, seven days a week, 12, 15 hours, for, like, a long time, a couple months. Mm -hmm. That's also why we haven't recorded on the podcast for a while. Um, But then I wanted you to make me feel better. And when you had a, you know – do your job so that you can pay our bills (laughs) like I I felt almost like rejected or or more depressed right like that's also the poor me poor me poor me another drink syndrome that I have Um, and so actually my therapist was the one that had said like you need your own project to work on while Alfredo's working all these hours and you need to like have it be something that you're going to look forward to and have something that you're going to invite your friends and you'll feel your support group. And they're just going to, you know, you need to be open and tell them the struggles. Cause that's the other thing is I didn't want to talk about infertility for a long time. And, um, so they're just saying, you know, therapists said like they're going to listen to you and share stories and just, you know, wrap their arms around you and, metaphor or maybe physically um but you'll feel loved again and that you know like life is more than this one moment or this one situation that's going on um and so I planned a friendsgiving for here at the house and you know made like it was my first time making a little fancy charcuterie board and (laughs) dessert tray and I had a decorate the house and Christmas stuff to the nines, Um, and we had them over and had dinner, and just the amount of, like, sharing stories and um, laughing, it it was just so, uh, like, soothing and healing for my soul that was, like, you're not alone. Like, it's going to be okay. Um, You know, like, I really struggle with this idea of being lovable. Like it, it's like you're more, you're more than just your uterus or you're more than just this or that placeholder. You know, you're, you are loved whether you can do this one thing or not, or whether you get all A's or not, or whatever it is. Um, and I don't know that I would have felt that same way or got that same, um, healing in that experience if it wasn't for the that my friends are in recovery and that we all go to AA together because us having that as a basis uh we you know addiction we've all been to to hell and back and so everybody's so open and vulnerable about their struggles um and so when I open up and tell them about my stuff you know they would be like oh like actually we used to go to marriage counseling or oh this is actually currently going on in our life right now and it's because of like that honesty and that vulnerability that I got so much out of that experience you know and um it's yeah friendships are just it's definitely a give and take and um you know these days it's much more of a two-way uh road like if somebody needs something or if they call and just need a talk, like, I'm not like, ah, what I'm doing, whatever, (laughs) you know, like I happily pick up the phone. I'm so excited to hear from them. Um, And I didn't always have that. That wasn't always my attitude. And it was definitely like, are we going to go drink or like, what drugs can I get from you? Or, you know, do you have a hookup for me or, you know, it was like, what can I get out of the situation? And um, yeah, just, just really learning to become a true friend, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. And th- that's neat that we can come to AA and discover new, um, new friends and new, new ways to be unselfish. Um, it's really strange the way it works, but helping more or helping others brings us more than we actually give, even though giving is the heavy lifting. But I can honestly say that going with that attitude, that I've been blessed. You know, that's, I don't know what other word to use, but I've been blessed with a lot more than I've put in, you know. Um, That's probably why it seemed so impossible for me to get out of my own depression and situation because i just didn't have the winners around me the 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 people that i needed you know i don't know if they had the answer or what but they were sober and i was trying to copy them and it was good enough to hit the pillow sober for twenty four hours you know or whatever you know just and stack some days so um
1: well we have a couple friends um who we've seen lately, who uh, we met in their rooms, but that are not sober. You know, um, Last Friday, we went on a 12-step call uh, to what one of our friends relapsed and needed to get to a meeting, and we actually had plans to go do a, another meeting and dinner and whatever, and um, I knew immediately and quite intuitively, I need to drop what I'm doing and go, Pick our friend up and take him to a meeting, Um, and you know what's funny is that um, Thanksgiving was busy, and then the week after I was sick, so I hadn't been to a meeting in almost two weeks. And picking him up and seeing him and hearing him and just be a mess and you know all that stuff that did more for my sobriety than I ever did for him. Just driving and picking him up you know that really reignited um it it put a little fire under my ass to to go to meetings and to participate and um we went and saw another one of our friends um in the hospital and to see the um to, to see the decline from maybe like physically but then also just like how he moves and stuff from four years ago when I met him that would have been like two different people and um each time that we I should speak for myself each time I see somebody relapse where I go on a 12-step call it it's like a god wink because it reminds me of like how far I've come and that you know, we can all fall under this, that the grass looks greener on the other side. Like, I have friends that drink and they're at their holiday parties with their martinis or this or that. They're at some cocktail party and it looks so great. And, um, you know, I'm like at home in my sweatpants right now and messy bun and no makeup doing finals week, just studying day and night, like throwing up at Hail Mary and praying for an A. Um, that like, yeah, that FOMO you were talking about, like, I, I just want to go, you know, party with them and have fun and whatever. And um, first of all, that's never what I looked like when I was drinking, because I never could have just one or two. So all my pictures of holiday parties that I was at, I just, is like a hot mess. Um, but second of all, like, that's when I see other than a picture, when I see that in person and how that plays out, I'm like oh that that doesn't appeal to me anymore i don't want I don't want to put poison in my body I don't want to be a sloppy drunk i don't um you know I'm going to school working towards something where we have our our marriage and our house that we're you know building our building our empire and our podcasts and you know whatever it is." Um, Like I guess I'm saying there's a bigger picture out there that I couldn't see before when I was drinking, but like this bigger picture that I'm working towards, not just, oh, in this moment, I feel uncomfortable in my body and where's my next drink that I can numb this feeling out, you know? So, um, you know, I'm incredibly, not that I want any of our friends to relapse or any of that happen, but it felt so good to be a friend that somebody else was in trouble and I could go pick them up and bring them to a meeting because, you know, for a long time, I was the person you had to go pick up. Like, I was the girl that passed out at the bar, was friends with a bartender, so my friend, like, put me down in the bar basement because there was lawn furniture down there, and then she had to, like, literally pick me up from from the basement of the bar, put me in our car, drive me home, and I just party like that in my 20s all the time, and good thing I was friends with bartenders that took care of me, but I, I, never, I never paid them back. I, I mean, I never was that kind of friend. You just, I was a shit show that you had to take care of, you know, and to be able to take care of somebody else and their time of need is, is a real gift.
0: Right, and this is the holiday, so we can wrap it up with some Christmassy-like topics, one of them, or something that relates anyways, in my opinion, and that is gift, like the gift of giving back, you know, Um, being there for other people, Um, like trying to give what you got. When I did things early on or when, Actually, it's more like this. When guys would give me rides and help me out, I would often say something like, oh, I'll pay you back or whatever, and they would be like, no, pay it forward to the next guy who needs it in in this program, you know. Try to pay. If somebody pays for your dinner and you'd be like, oh, I'll get the next one, they'll be like, no, you just get the next newcomer, you know, and whatever. And, and that's kind of... Um, that's the economy of aa i think or of mm-hmm. helping others it's it's cool um and then on the other note of uh around the holidays it's the, the fellowship and gathering with people you know and how important it was for aa to be there for me to uh just have somewhere else to go where people aren't partying and drinking you know cuz drinking is so like everywhere around this time, and it's, you know, family parties, of course, and um, it was really crucial, and it was just, I'm just grateful that AA was around with their events and things, and just around-the-clock meetings, and, uh, you know, here I am, um, you know, five, almost six years later, uh, still sober, and it's, it's, I always got to give credit to AA, of course, and You know, being a a January baby, um, you know, it was right after those holidays that I I barely made it through. And um, I was really happy that um, I could be involved with AA and now sober, just helping plan events for others now in AA and just trying to give back. And I'm grateful. So,
1: yeah, so I think that something that I would want the person Who's struggling drinking? Who's trying to get um, sober, or maybe you're in sobriety and thoughts of drinking or relapsing, um, you know, is is becoming more appealing, or or you're struggling with that. Um, I think I would want to tell them something that my grand sponsor um, once told me and. She was telling me this story, and uh, somebody had told her when she was struggling. You know, she's crying in a mess on the couch, and they had called her and invited her to um, to the. I think it was a baby shower, and she was like, "I don't want to go to a baby shower." I'm like, crying. I'm a mess. I'm in the middle of this crisis or whatever, and um, you know, the lady told her, "Well." You can't save your ass and save your face at the same time. So what is what is it going to be? And um, I, think, I think that was such an important message for me to hear because I don't want to show up to, you know, an AA event or Thanksgiving dinner or something if I'm not in, like, perfect hair and makeup and a nice outfit and cheery and fun to be around. And, um, usually that is not the time that I need people the most. I need them the most when my life is messy. I don't feel lovable. I've probably been ugly crying all day. That's when I need to, to go. And so she was, um, you know, she was telling me, like, lots of times I'm more worried about saving my face, uh, you know, and and that if I wanted to be successful, I was gonna to have to get more worried about saving my saving my butt. And um, sometimes that means, you know, showing up to AA events messy or crying or, you know, upset, just anything to get out of that isolation and not be alone. And, um, you know, this has happened several times with different events from the, the tribe as well as like a things like, I don't feel good, I'm probably in pajamas, like I don't feel lovable. And I go and I show up because I'm desperate and probably my sponsor told me to, and I'm loved on and I'm valued for more than my looks. And I wind up laughing and having a good time and can see like other people I don't have to be afraid of or I don't have to be separate from. I belong, you know, like having that sense of belonging is important in addiction, and I struggle with it, but I belong anywhere that I show up and suit up. And, you know, I, I had to learn it in these rooms. What would be your advice to somebody struggling?
0: I think I would tell somebody to go check out a meeting and um, don't be... To check out more than one, check out as many as you need to to get through the holidays. Um, even if you feel like you can hardly stand it in there, you know, try again. I don't have any magic words to make anybody not want to drink. Um, I can't put it in a bottle and give it to anybody, but I can tell you what I did, and that was just keep going to all the things that uh, had other sober people there. It wasn't even about the meeting. It's just being around other people that aren't drinking, you know, and who had what I had, um, who were alcoholics, but, uh, but they had figured it out.
1: No, I think that's great. Yeah. Alfredo, do you want to tell our, all of our listeners where they can follow us on?
0: Yeah, you can go to our website at recoveryedgepodcast.com. Um, I'll have a link up in the show description. You can find the podcast, if you haven't already found it, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we have a YouTube channel that uh, we update with every episode as well. Uh, you can, If you want to support the channel, you can uh, Venmo us at Recovery Edge. And uh, that'll just pay for nerdy server things and keeping the lights on and all that so we appreciate all your help and
1: uh and if um if any of our listeners like want us to talk about a topic or if you would love to come on the podcast and hang out with us we'd we'd love to do that it doesn't have to be in person we can do it over the phone if you don't live in colorado um but yeah contact us and let us know we'd love to hear feedback
0: We'd love to have you on the show. If you want to share your story, it'd be yeah. awesome too. So, All right, well, it's Alfredo Alcoholic and my wifey, Kayla.
1: And Merry Christmas and stay safe.